0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and good morning, good afternoon, happy Monday everybody and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show. Um... Arash is not with us today because he is living the high life in uh, beautiful Dallas, Texas. But you still got us. You still got Arash, You got, still have Armand and myself, Hay Wiley. Um, Armand, how are you doing today? I'm a little bummed. I'm not. Gonna, it doesn't sound like it. I'm trying to be very positive,
1: but I'm a little bummed today. How are you? That's my main concern. Is how are you doing? Because obviously, <laughs> you know, it was not. Um, how we plan Saturday to go, but I, I want to hear from you first, Jihei.
0: No, I definitely am. Uh, you know, it, I I kind of drank my sorrows away yesterday. I know a lot of people probably are like, "What's wrong with you?" It's just a, it's just a game, but it it's really really hard when you are a basketball fan, when you are a diehard Dookie, or you're a diehard anything. Uh, things just kind of take its course. Really bummed for Coach K. I know a lot of people were really happy. Um, I had a lot of Friends, Um, myself, I'm not going to lie to you. Myself, in particular, I knew that they weren't going to cover, uh, but I didn't think that Duke was going to lose. So I did have, you know, kind of that positive in the in the back burner or on the back burner. But yeah, a lot of my friends, a lot of consolation um, out there. Just you know, on to next year, I guess. Um, It's going to take me a little while to uh, be be on the happy side. So we'll see what happens. We'll see how how I, I guess I we will see how we'll see. I'm just, I'm, I'm so bummed. I'm like, I, I kind of want to talk about other things right now. Let's, let's talk about a losing team at this current moment in time, Ar- Armand, because I can't, you know, I, I can't talk about my poor Dukies who I thought were actually going to win the title after that North Carolina um, matchup. So uh, let's talk about th- the other team as Charles Barkley uh, says, the other team from Los Angeles, the Lakers, who I think are no longer in position, right? Correct. Yeah.
1: It looks as if it's almost certain at this point that they will not make the play in tournament. And I mean, when we look at historically, the, the fact is that the Lakers were projected by Vegas to win 52 games before the season. It looks like they're gonna finish around like 32, 33. So they missed that mark by a lot. And not only that, Vegas had them favored to come out of the West. Now, I mean, obviously that's because a lot of money is thrown on the Lakers before and during the season, but it's still incredible to see that this team is going to most likely finish in 11th place. To me, that's one of the biggest disappointments in the history of the NBA, considering the fact you have a guy that... Almost everybody at this point, I think, considers to be a top two player ever, and you can't even crack the top 10. And then on the other side of town, the Clippers are without their stars for the majority of the season, and they had no problem finishing in eighth place, which is a testament to their organization. But also, just, I don't know where this Lakers team is headed in the future, Jihei.
0: Yeah, I... I'm really, really hoping that, you know, they they do make that transition and they they just they bought the they bought the farm, I guess, is what what you would would call it. Right. They just kind of bought bought the house uh, when it came to Westbrook, which I personally thought was the worst possible idea you could ever do. It just didn't make any sense to me. And now it doesn't make sense to even put a D back in, especially if you're not going to be winning. Um, but my Clippers look, still look really good considering that they finally get, you know, Paul George back, and they finally are, you know, maybe getting into their groove. Um, if they do get Kawhi back, sky's the limit for them. I, I personally think at least like past the second, second round. But um, that being said, at least they're on a winning streak. And hopefully people can get on that gravy train of the Clippers, uh, you know, and, and the playoffs. At least they're, At least they're viable right? Um, I still find it funny because I actually was, you know, overhearing certain people and certain fans just being like, this is a big game for the Lakers. I'm like, you know that you guys are not going to be winning this anytime soon. You know, it's going to be uh, just another losing season for you, which is crazy to me.
1: I think that a lot of it has to do with the fact that they were kind of sold a dream at the beginning of the season. And not going to lie, you know, I I fell for the dream. I, I I saw the vision. Um never saw it going this south. I could have seen them finishing like 4th or 5th, but never 11th. Um with that being said, the way that Russell Westbrook has played recently, although it's all pretty much resulted in loss after loss, it makes me wonder it's going to be hard to move him in the offseason. There's no doubt about that. It makes me wonder if the Lakers, I wouldn't personally do this, but it makes me wonder if the Lakers will talk themselves into one more year of Westbrook, considering the fact that a trade is not going to be easy to find, considering the fact that he's got one year left. I personally, if I was a Lakers GM, I would find some way to move him, but I wouldn't be shocked if they somehow said, we'll do this one more, one more time. What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think that they're their hand is forced, unfortunately, with this one. um Unless they get a sucker to buy Westbrook, um yeah, I think they're stuck with him. I think they're stuck for a year with him. I don't think that, like, who's going to purchase him? Who's going to sit there and be like, "I'll bite the bullet and I'll, I'll take that huge pay, uh, you know, pay raise or whatever, and and purchase West Westbrook for the team because um, he could be good for tickets." You know, I mean, like, what, what good? And this sounds so mean. It sounds so horrible, but. i guess i'm negative nancy this week because of duke's loss um what can you get for him what can you really truly viably get for westbrook now Uh, considering like all his chips are on the floor you know i I, you can you can sit there all day and look at his stats and be like okay yeah like he this is a man that used to score double doubles every game when he was an OKC, uh, double doubles even when he was in washington like he just used to be this great offensive prowess you have this great offensive prowess, but now, you know what do you what do you purchase him for? What do you what can you get out of out of Westbrook? Because he needs to be, and this is what I've always said: he needs to be the guy. This is why I never thought that he was going to fit in with the Lakers because the Lakers need somebody that's not going to be the guy; it's going to be the third per- party, right? They're going to be the third person on the floor, and with that, that's not Westbrook. That's just not who he is. He's the guy. He's somebody that has to be in the in the forefront and we're seeing this day in day day in and day out that he's just not that person you know i mean even at least even lebron when he's on the floor can facilitate the floor and he can sit there and dish it out westbrook can't do that so yeah i think the lakers are unfortunately i think that they are really truly stuck with westbrook and god bless them i really hope that they can get out of this hole i mean what do you think what do you think they need to do in order to get out of this hole, other than get rid of Westbrook? I mean, they might have to. They might have to package. I know it sounds crazy, but they might have to package AD and Westbrook.
1: It it would be an incredible trade if they were to get rid of those two at the same time. I think that one thing that they will definitely explore um, is thinking about the rest of the roster for sure. Guys, like. For example, yesterday, guys like Austin Reeves did not even play. Um, Taylor Horton Tucker has basically taken Austin Reeves' spot in the rotation. A guy like THT, those kind of guys, it hasn't worked. And they have to, those role players, I expect pretty much all of them, besides maybe a guy like Reeves, who is a rookie this season, to be gone. They basically have to shuffle the deck when it comes to them. And then when it comes to Russ, It's $47 million. So if another team wants to trade for him, it's going to be really hard. It's going to take probably two or three contracts to match up to Russ's contract. And that's really hard to justify trading two or three players for a Westbrook, even if it is on the last year of his deal. It looks as if the main move is going to be probably who they hire as a coach because Laker fans are so out on Frank Vogel. And I I mean, it's decisions like benching Austin Reeves. I don't understand the logic in that. It seems like Vogel has completely checked out. And honestly, personally, I I can't really blame him because it's been a hell of a ride for him. It's been so tumultuous to see the up and down nature of not only his coaching style, but the way that the fans have reacted to him. So I think that that's the main move that's going to be made is, is Vogel being dismissed. And I think that's going to happen pretty much as soon as the season ends.
0: I mean, that wouldn't really shock me considering his he's kind of been on that chopping block for a while, right? Like that That's kind of been everybody's MO, like get rid of Vogel, get rid of Vogel, even though, let's get real, this is LeBron's team. Had you not had you know had you not gotten what you wouldn't have gotten Westbrook if it wasn't for LeBron you wouldn't have made certain you wouldn't have gotten rid of certain said players if it wasn't for LeBron so this is maybe you do need to clean house maybe you need to just completely scrap everybody and just move forward i like the young guys though i don't think that you scrap the young guys i think you try to keep them and and they could be possibly your future i don't know cuz they're a little bit more willing to help you out uh when it comes to when it comes to winning a title or at least being viable as a franchise. I don't know. Uh, would you, would you keep, would you try to keep these guys? Cause like, it sounds like you don't want to keep the young guys. You want to like, they're a little bit more of your trade bait.
1: I think in terms of the young guys, Austin Reeves deserves to be a part of the team for at least another season. Um, you know, if we're counting Kendrick Nunn as a young guy, he, he didn't, I guess he's 26, 27. He didn't even play a game this season. So, I, I feel like he's going to stick around, but that's not giving me a lot of optimism. And then Taylor Horton Tucker, personally, I've seen enough to know that he he can't really play in an NBA rotation for an NBA contender, at least not at this point in his career. Um, and then you have guys like Stanley Johnson, Wenyon Gabriel, who are nice, like the the way that they found them, the way that they discovered them, they're diamonds in the rough. But there's a reason why... 29 other teams didn't find a need for them. And those are the guys that the Lakers, it seems like have put too much stock and too much equity into. You need guys like an Alex Caruso, a guy that you home grow in your own organization that comes up and you developed him. And now he's a part of the rotation come playoff time. They haven't really done that in the past two seasons this year and last year, it hasn't been a lot of internal growth and development. And when they have like a guy, like again, Reeves, they've been benching him recently, which is like, your team has no direction, no future. A guy that might be a part of your future, all of a sudden is not, I just don't understand the logic behind it. And instead they're giving these veterans who pretty much have run their course in this town. They're giving them the keys to the team still. And it seems like that's just not the direction that the organization should be going. And then on top of that, today, this morning, actually, you had Magic Johnson go on first take, and he announced that DeMar DeRozan's agent had called him in the previous offseason and basically told Magic, let's get DeMar to Los Angeles. In which uh what happened next is LeBron James called Russell Westbrook and said, Let's finalize your deal. So it's just like the last 12 months for the Lakers, every story that's come that comes out about it has made it sound worse and worse. And I don't know, you know how you fix this, but they need to rebrand themselves somehow. They need to do something that basically flushes out this season from memory and start fresh. It just doesn't seem like it's possible with all those contracts, Westbrook's, LeBron's, and AD's. It seems like it's going to be that big three running it back, but I... You know, your guess is as good as mine, Jihei. I can't really tell you what direction they're going to go. I
0: mean, I wish I had a crystal ball for everything, right? Um, Then they would make probably both of our jobs a little bit easier when it comes to uh figuring out what the Lakers want to do with um, with their lives, so to speak. Um, At least the future is bright, though, with the Clippers. Um, Yes, you know, Kawhi still isn't in, but at least they have Paul George, and they are on a winning streak at this current moment in time, and they are, you know headed towards that direction. At least, at least these guys are headed towards the playoffs. Um, What are your thoughts like on, you know, my Clippers and, you know, the future being brighter for the Clippers, obviously it's brighter than the Lakers future at this current moment in time.
1: Well, yesterday was a, was a matchup between them and the Pelicans, which, you know, it could happen in the play in tournament. And if it does happen in the play in tournament, we have to feel confident because the Clippers handled them so effortlessly last night. I don't know what was going on with New Orleans. I think that they had maybe uh, too long of a stay in Los Angeles because they played the Lakers Friday, so there might have been a little bit of a, of a hangover effect uh, for them. But it just looked like the Clippers are in a different weight class, and that's without Norman Powell and Kawhi Leonard. And when you take that into consideration, if there was one team in the Western Conference going into the playoffs that is not a high seed that you have to watch out for it's definitely the clippers they they're coming off obviously the win against the pelicans they had a 25 point lead against the bulls which somehow they they lost but to even make it to get a 25 point lead on the road it shows me that this team with paul george is not the same team that they were you know 2 weeks ago without him Th- this team is a completely different group they had obviously the the monumental comeback against the Jazz when they were down by 25. They look like a completely different unit, and I, I want to know how you feel as a Clipper fan. I think you should feel very confident, Juhea.
0: I'm psyched, actually. I mean, this at least is they give me more hope than you know <laughs> than, than the Duke team uh, that just lost on Saturday. So I, I'm I'm ecstatic. I'm a little worried about even though the Suns are you know have clinched their their seed and they're you know, kind of in playoff mode at this current moment in time. Um, I'm still psyched at how well that they're doing. You know, uh season's almost coming up and over, but I think that they're of the mindset of, you know, it's it's time for Clipper Nation to step up and for us to do our thing. So and it definitely again, it helps to have Paul George there. Uh it helps to have your leader back. It helps to have a guy that could help you out. But I've been I've been great on them I've been high on them all season, to be honest with you. Having, you know, guys like reggie jackson and um uh luke Kennard, and uh, like stepping up their game and helping out the rest of the squad and stepping up in a leadership role um which a lot of people didn't think that they were going to do but they're doing it right now and i i, I love the fact that they're doing what they're doing and that they are kind of just proving all the haters wrong and they're doing extremely well um i hope that they continue on this train to be honest with you um I'm just I'm kind I'm only concerned because obviously the West, um, as far as, you know, those top two teams, they're going to be great, right? Like it's gonna be an uphill battle. I'm sure that the Jazz have a uh, stick up their butt about, you know, losing to uh losing to the Clippers, losing that huge lead. That's definitely gonna stick in their cron. That's gonna be a, a huge motivating factor for them come playoff time. Suns, I mean, they're a juggernaut. And it's just it's going to be really, really harsh to uh to play them even in the regular season it's hard to play them let alone in the playoffs when come playoff time those not only are the Suns brutal the actual team but the fans are brutal as well so and you know that they're even if they do end up playing them they're playing the majority uh of their games are being played in Phoenix so it's going to be a rough it's going to be a rough one but I still have a little bit more faith in them um I do however want to give props because since I'm giving props to I don't want to say lesser uh, teams because the Clippers are not a lesser team at all. Um, I want to give props to South Carolina for winning their uh, second championship, Don Staley's second championship. And the only reason why I want to give them props for this is because interesting stat for Geno Smith. I know this is like a weird transition, but interesting stat for Geno Smith. He has never lost when he's in the national championship. He's vying for a national championship in the actual national championship game. And I thought that it was really interesting that Don Staley, um, not only a player but a a, a phenomenal coach, uh, can just rip him a new one. Granted, she has amazing talent on her team on her side, but phenomenal win for the University of South Carolina, uh, those Gamecocks fr- uh, winning their second national title under Don Staley. So wanted to give her props real quick. Um, I don't know if you know uh, Armand, but some people are making some baller money as we uh, move forward into into the year. Mr. Schefter, along with Mr. Wojcikowski, are both um, making ten million dollars a year now. Are you down with all these people making their um, making as much money th- this much money? They're making like Stephen A. Smith
1: money. It's crazy. I can't even fathom that amount of money to to make in a year. And you know, considering. The fact that these two are the giants in the industry, I wonder how it's the trickle down effect is gonna is gonna play out because you look at the other guys that, I mean, I think we would both consider Schefter and Woj to be the the, the top dogs in the NFL and the NBA. I I wonder what that's gonna mean for lesser reporters if if that means that. You know, if they're making ten million, does does a lesser reporter make one million? I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, that like, is there gonna be dissension in the rings kind of thing?
1: Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating to see. But, um, I really think that for those two, they they definitely deserve it because they are the cream of the crop when it comes to journalism.
0: Yeah. Well, we're gonna talk about that and more uh, when we come back on the Mightier 1090, guys, and ninety eight point five, the fan and blow up some Circa Hotline uh, as well. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hey guys, Hey from the Rosh Marikazi show. Tons of people, by the way, take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I know I can use that. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop in a cup of water every day that's it To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements don't have been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, guys. Take ownership of your health. This is the Arash Markazi show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. When we come around. Well, we are back, guys, for the second segment. We're gonna kind of kick it a little old school here with the Circa Sports Hotline. Um, we're going to go back to the questions that we used to do back in the day. I know it's, it's been a while, but I just figured, why not? It's Monday. Let's just do it. So uh, welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show uh, for the Circus Sports Hotline. And If you ever want to be a part of the Circus Sports Hotline, you are more than welcome to give us a call at 310-400-0340 or old school, email us at Show at gmail.com. Brings us to our first question from haley griffin from oceanside who asks the nba season armand has a week left i know you're really bummed about that um yes. who is your pick to win the MVP?
1: honestly first of all um i think this is the closest race that we've had in maybe ever to be honest the top three candidates are all so neck and neck i would go with nicola Jokic and The reason is because not only is he doing statistically stuff that we have never seen before, but he's been missing his second and third best player. His second best player has been gone the entire season in Jamal Murray, and his third best player, Michael Porter Jr., basically has been gone the entire season. And the fact that he's had the Nuggets as good as they've been, it's literally a one man team this season. And he is literally having a season that historically, we have not seen before. With that being said, Giannis and Embiid are also playing out of their minds. It's going to be close. And if you said any one of those three, I wouldn't have an issue with it. It's just, if we had to make a decision, personally, I would go with Jokic. What about you?
0: You know what? That's a really good question. I I saw that the odds had gone in in his favor, in Jokic's favor, just overwhelmingly, though. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that Giannis deserves an MVP. I just, I don't know, call it a gut feeling, call it just an intuition. Just he has always put that team on his back. He's made them viable. And granted, I get it. Jokic is in Denver. Both of these guys are in small markets. So I get it. Like, you know, it's phenomenal what they are doing. Um, but if you take this team without, without Giannis, period, they're not viable at all. Um, same, thing with, same thing with Jokic, but at least they have two other star players. Giannis doesn't have anybody, in my personal opinion. I don't think that he has the, the all-around star. Um, you take Giannis out of, this, out of the equation and you got nothing uh, in Milwaukee. So I, I think that he deserves the MVP. I'll put my money on Giannis all day, even though I know he's not the favorite. And I'm sure that you know all of those uh, voting for the MVP in the NBA are headed towards Jokic and what he has done, which, again, both of these guys deserve the MVP. It's it's, it's it's really hard to say that neither of these guys deserve it, right? So um, I, I like I like where I like where the NBA's heads at with with Jokic, but I still think that Giannis overall deserves the MB, MVP. Um, but I guess we're just gonna have to see. Uh, when it happens, right? Thank you, Haley, for that question. Um, again, guys, Circus Sports Hotline, please give us a call um, or email us at show at gmail.com. We're going to move all- over to Trevor Hill from Long Beach. Um, by the way, Grand Prix is coming this weekend, so be ready for that. I will definitely, I can't wait for the Grand Prix, uh, super stoked to go to the Grand Prix this weekend. Uh, but Trevor asks, do you think There's a realistic chance that the Clippers make it to round two of the playoffs, Armand, if Kawhi doesn't come back.
1: It's going to be tough because, not because that they're not capable, just because they would have to beat Phoenix or Memphis. But you know what? This is basically the same Clipper team that played Phoenix in the Western Conference Finals a year ago. And they went to six games and it looked like at least at the end of that series, I really thought that they were going to push it to a game seven. They just ran out of gas. And I think that the Clippers thrive off of being the underdog, off of being the team that nobody expects to make noise. And honestly, I know Phoenix has had an incredible season, and they are a juggernaut. They have shown a little bit of signs of, of rust lately. They've been playing pretty unlike themselves they've been in a kind of a slump and you know the other night they played memphis and memphis was resting four of their five starters phoenix had all their starters in the game and memphis beat them by 25 i don't know if that's a sign that phoenix is just ready for the playoffs to begin or maybe they are seeing a little bit of rust from the clippers standpoint I, i think it's i think it's possible i wouldn't bet on it but I also wouldn't be shocked if they did pull off a first round upset.
0: Interesting. Okay. I, I mean, I think you have more faith in them than I do because I think that they, even, even from last year and kudos to Paul George for coming back. He's obviously refreshed. He, you know, he, he didn't have a lower extremity injury, so he was still able to see in shape, maybe go for runs and, you know, keep himself pretty fresh. Um, I'm really hoping that he goes on that run that he did last season where he kind of revitalizes the team and helps them out in that way. Um, They've proven me wrong before. God, I hope they prove me wrong again, even without Kawhi there. Um, I really wish that Kawhi would come back, though. I get it. He's on his timeline, and it's like you got to let Kawhi be Kawhi and do Kawhi, but it's just kind of frustrating, right, that he's not (laughs) – that he's not there. Um, do I think that they're going to make it past the second round? Not with what the West has, right? I mean, like uh, let's let's look at the at who they would possibly play. Like who uh, the, they're they're possibly going to be playing? What? Um, Shoot, uh, not I want to say Milwaukee because we were talking about we were talking about uh, yeah, the NBA season yeah. with the one week left with the MVP. But no, uh, yeah, they're going to be playing De- they'll possibly be playing Denver. They'll be like, just the West is so hard for them without their stars. So
1: yeah, I, I I agree. It, it's going to be a juggernaut. Um, when I think about the Clippers, though, if they do play Memphis or Phoenix, this is no disrespect towards Devin Booker or John Morant. But I think Paul George would be the best player in that series. That doesn't mean that the Clippers would advance, but if you have the best player in a playoff series, you have a good chance. At least you have a punchers chance. The rest of the supporting cast would need to step up. And that doesn't mean that John Morant or Devin Booker cannot outplay Paul George. But just on paper, when you look at those three players, I think Paul George is the best one out of those three. So with that, I would have at least some optimism if I was a Clipper fan. I think that an upset is possible, although I wouldn't bet on it. What, what do you think
0: that they would have to do in order to, to upset and make it, make it further down the
1: road? I think the number one thing is Paul George would have to be the best player in the series. That would have to happen. And also, Reggie Jackson has to be consistent. They can't have Reggie have a two-for-twelve followed by a superstar performance. They would need some sort of consistency out of Reggie, which again, it's possible. Like those things are possible. And then the other thing would be, I think one of Terrence Mann or Luke Kennard has to pretty much have a great game every night. Not both, just one or the other. Um, There's been a lot of nights where I feel like it's been neither. And then when they have like last night, for example, they both played well. When they both play well, they are a scary, scary team
0: yeah you you talked about it you just said it consistency and i just that's the one thing that i'm just so afraid of for yeah. uh the clippers is that inconsistency right like one one day reggie's gonna have a baller game the other day um luke's gonna have a baller game i feel like all three the supporting cast needs to have a baller game every yeah every game um because you're gonna get that from Paul George you're gonna get those 30 points 20 points whatever from Paul George we've already seen it if last year convinced anybody it convinced me that Paul George is not the issue here right we're, we're no longer talking about playoff P like that's gone that that the, those days are gone where you know you are you have gotten rid of that nickname buddy you're you are I will never call you that ever again I promise um, but you, we do need consistency from the other side. We need consistency from the role players. And uh, God, I really hope we get it. I would, love, I would love a run. I would love for them to make it past the second round. I'd love for them to make it to the Western Conference Finals and to make it to the NBA Finals and possibly even further and get a championship out of this. But um, you know what? I, I think a lot of Clipper fans, like this sounds so horrible because you never want to settle. You never want to be that girlfriend that's like, or that wife that's like, oh, I settled for this guy or whatever. Um, but for this for this particular season, I think that Clipper fans should just settle and just be happy with what has been kind of laid at their feet because nobody thought that they would even get this far without Kawhi and without Paul George this far along in the season. So what they're doing, I think is phenomenal. Um, Trevor, thank you so much for that question as we kind of went off on a tangent on it, but, um, we're going to move forward to Michael Lefton from Hawthorne who asks, who do you have winning the NCAA championship, North Carolina or, K- or Kansas?
1: I personally am going to, this is going to hurt your ears. Please behave. Do not do not dislike earmuffs. me for saying this. Yeah, earmuff, please. <laughs> I got I got the Tar Heels. And the reason is because of Caleb Love. I think that what he's done in this tournament, just showing that he has an ability to, win games in close situations those are the type of players that's not to say that Kansas doesn't also have a guy like that in Akbaji but i think that with with a guard like Caleb Love at least in the college game that is like the the essential tool to win a big game like this cuz if it's a close game down the stretch if he's shooting the basketball if I was a Carolina fan, I would feel very confident because he's shown in this tournament that he is capable of stepping up in the big moment. You're not wrong.
0: I'm not knocking Caleb Love, and he definitely put a damper on my season, obviously, uh, on Saturday's game. But you know who I'm really scared of for North Carolina, and a lot of people won't, probably won't agree with me, but is super senior uh, Brady Manick. I'm scared yeah. of that kid. Because that kid, can, he can work inside and he can work outside. It does not matter where he is. He can be on every single end of the floor. Great, de- great defensive player, wonderful offensive player. He can be down low, but he can also shoot from the outside. And that's scary because he's a big guy, right? And Kansas has like true big men. Um, I love, love Remy Martin, the transfer from Arizona State. I think he's just been killing it. Uh, this whole entire series, uh, the, the whole entire season, to be honest with you, uh, for the Jayhawks. He's probably hands down, he's been my favorite player since he was with Arizona State. Um, Christian Braun, he can shoot the lights out. Uh, if he is hot, watch out. This team is going to get get on fire, and it, they'll, they'll be up by 20 points in the first half, just like they did uh, on Saturday against uh, Villanova, poor Villanova. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, Abaji is their saving grace, right? I mean, yeah, yes, you have all of your your big guys down low. Uh, you have your Jalen Wilson, w- Wilson down low. You have all your big guys. Lightfoot is phenomenal. What a great basketball name, too, by the way, Mitch Lightfoot. Like who <laughs> who, who who comes up with these la- with these last names? But um, Abaji, like you have all these great guards for Kansas that again can shoot the lights out. So I just. I'm really, really hoping. i and this is going back to my real Duke roots: is you live by the three, you die by the three. But I, God, I really, really hope that Kansas just crushes it from the outside uh, because they can. Uh, but they also have that that internal presence, which I'm really hoping goes uh, bodes well for them. Uh, you know, come championship time, they they are they are contenders. I will say this: North Carolina has great coaching. They have amazing coaching, and that's what's been, I personally think, been saving them this whole entire time. Um, everybody knows where my vote's going to be. Let's go. Let's rock. What, what do they say? Rock, rock, jock, Jayhawks or whatever. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go, KU. I'm <laughs> all for KU. I don't even know. Do you know um, if, how much they're favored by or if, the, if Kansas I, is favored?
1: I, I, think it's, I think it was four the last time I, I checked.
0: Okay, I'm, I'm going to double check on uh, Vegas Insider, but yeah, I mean on paper, Kansas should win but I've said that probably all year long.
1: <laughs> that on paper, It says four and a half is the spread on Bovada.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm probably going to take I'm still taking Kansas. I don't care. I'm taking Kansas Moneyline which I know that you won't make any money on, on that, but mm-hmm. I, will, I will still take Kansas money line. I don't know about that spread though. I'm I, I would wait for it to go down to three and a half, and then I would take Kansas. Like, I'm really hoping that some people put a lot of money on um, North Carolina, so that way I can put money on Kansas um, and the line goes down. Uh, but again, Rock Hawk Jayhawks. I just, I'm <laughs> really, really, really hoping and praying that uh, you know Kansas wins this one. Uh, especially, Bill Self is a wonderful coach as well. I mean, he's a legend in in his own right uh talking about coaching and talking about uh how well he's coached this team and he's adjusted to the one and dones um thank you so much michael for that question we're running through these by the way and my voice is is going but like yeah we're running through these um last question from ed newton of newport beach ed asks do you believe that Coach K's NCAA championship run was cut short due to this being his last year and all of the attention being on him?
1: I, I think that there was added pressure for sure in being that it was his last run. I think it, hopefully, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever know the answer to this. I think it provided the team a little bit of extra motivation and spark. Um, when it came down to crunch time, I think you could sense the... The, the feeling that, oh my God, if we lose this, it's his last game. And I think it, in that moment, it did kind of affect the psyche of the team. But overall, I think that having an extra motivation to try to send Coach K out with a championship, I think it helped uh, Duke. But I would love to hear how you, how you felt about that question, Jihei. Yeah,
0: you know what? I think it was um, maybe against big moments. Unfortunately, I think it was a little bit of a distraction because of what you said, because it is his last game, because you are the, you are the last class that Coach yeah. K is ever going to coach. What kind of pressure is that? You know, I, uh, the last game in Cameron, there's almost 100 alumni watching you, Hall of Famers, guys that are in not only the College Hall of Fame, but the NBA Hall of Fame. They're like, these, these guys are legends. You had Grant Hill, Christian Laettner, um, you yeah. know, uh, just so many guys, Jay J- J- Will. Guys that have won titles that, that are sitting there, and, and then they're, they also are sitting there, you know, interviewing you as well on ESPN, they're, but they're all sitting in the stands watching you and watching and, and hoping you, know, the, and they all know how momentous this occasion is by um, when I talk about how crazy uh, the rivalry is between North Carolina and Duke, I mean, the network couldn't have they, they probably were pinching themselves the fact that they got that matchup that they got Duke in North Carolina. So I, I think that that kind of pressure, like be, and every game being their la- being his possible last game, especially in the tournament. Um, I hope it motivated them. I wish that it would motivate them a little bit more. Um, I don't think it did because I think that coach Cade tries to downplay everything and tries to make it because it is the brotherhood for those that don't know about the brotherhood. Um, it is always about, you know what the school can do for you and what, his program can do for you, and what he can do for you, not just as a uh, a player for the short term, but in the long run as well. Like you're always welcome back. If you look at his coaching staff, it's all former players. You look at the next coach um, in line for uh, for next season; it's John Shire, who won a ring, won a title with Coach K. So you you're gonna have guys uh, they take they take care of one another and. This is when I. That's when I was kind of hoping that, like, that mentality would kind of take over and help them out a little bit more. Um, I think it, it also doesn't help that there's three freshmen starting, you know, on, on the squad. You know, I, even though they're ridiculously talented, AJ Griffin, a, a beast. He's going to be great in the NBA. Paolo Caro. I mean, do we even need to say how great he's going to be? Right. Um, and my favorite, Mark Williams. He's going to be a beast. I mean, you can't teach a seven six. Uh, foot wingspan you just you just can um so i they're they're gonna be fine in the nba but i would just really really hope that they would try to transition and help out coach k so i do yeah i do think it was a little bit of a distraction um just because of how young they are and uh the pressure that maybe they maybe they just weren't ready but let's hope that they're ready in the nba because that's coming up real quick that draft is going to come up real soon and that kind of one-on-one pressure is going to hopefully this helps them as well right this helps them realize like in the nba they're maybe they maybe they can make that transition and it makes it a
1: little easier i don't know i just i hope so do you think Paolo is going to end up being the first pick
0: oh that's a good question um no i don't um Possibly second or third, but I don't think he's going to be the number one. But, I, I mean, well, again, I don't have a crystal ball, so I have no idea like, what, these, uh, uh, what these scouts are, are thinking. I mean, he, he's, he's ready for the NBA. His body's ready, at least. Um, so, God, I hope so. I, 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 for his sake, I hope he's the first-round first pick. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't see it happening whatsoever well guys that is our without arash markazi show uh on the arash markazi on the arash markazi show on 1090 and uh am of espn and on 98.5 the fan we did it our first solo show together arman
1: yeah good job (laughs) ghe
0: we'll see you guys or we'll talk to you guys again on tuesday thank you so much we out
1: This is the Arash Markazi
0: Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out
1: at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.